What's up everyone and welcome to episode 115 of the Justin Inside podcast, this week a festival review special. Uh, for those who are unfamiliar with the show, uh, this year we are doing reviews of all the summer festivals that we are attending. Um, even though I've been to a few kind of festivals prior, the first one that we started off was uh, Slam Dunk a few weeks ago uh, and now we've arrived at Download Festival. So we'll be going into the depths of the three days at Donington Castle um, in the mud, which was loads of fun. My legs were fucking killing me by the end of it. But no, it was my first ever download festival, which at 30 years of age is quite a shocker considering like alternative music has been a huge part of my life for pretty much my formative years. So it's, yeah, quite nuts that this is my first one going. But yeah, um... For those of you who may not have seen on social media and things like that, the festival was kind of marred by people like thinking that it was going to be ruined by the mud and rain. But as a whole, it, I didn't really find it too much of an issue. It was it was a bit hard work wading through it, but I still had a really good time. Um, joining me to discuss uh, the highlights of days one and two uh, is editor and founder of AlreadyHair.com, Sean Reed. Uh, for those who are regular listens, listeners to the show, uh, they will recognise Sean's voice from when we did the 2000 Trees review last year. Um, but because we parted ways on, on the Sunday night, uh, myself driving back to Portsmouth, Sean heading back to Nottingham, uh, day three's review will be myself. You'll hear me driving home on day three. So yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, just before we do get deep into the review of Download, um, just to let everyone know, normal service will be... Uh, restored for the podcast next week uh got a couple of guests lined up so i'm not sure which one i'm going to pick for for next week's episode yet but we've got something in the can so yeah back to back to normal story style next week but for now enjoy uh the chat i have with sean about download and hear me rambling on my drive home uh and i'll see you on the other side Uh, sat at a very, very muddy uh, Donington for my very first download festival. Uh, joined by a returning guest last time here with me was at 2000 Trees, uh, founder and editor of alreadyheard.com, Sean Reed. Sean, thank you very much for for being my guinea pig. <laughs> um, you've been here many times, so yeah. how, how does this year's vibe kind of compare to um, This is my... I've lost count already, I think. I came every year, but once since 2013. Um, so far, it's not been like lineup-wise. I don't think it's the best lineup yeah. I've attended, um, especially yesterday. But I'm sure we'll get into that in a few minutes. Well, as we did with 2000 Trees, we'll do like a day by day rundown. Um, apart from Sunday, I'll be flying solo because I'll be driving home. Yeah. Um, but we'll start with the Friday. Um, I think was, we we spent most of yesterday together, so I think most of the bands were going to have More a or less, yeah. crossover. Um, but was Skid Row your first band, or did you see someone before Skid Row? I briefly saw um, a band called Ground Culture. Um, I know they're on Hopeless from Newcastle, bit of a hardcore metalcore band. But it's like I only saw like two songs, so I can't really go into like <laughs> what they're about, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess if we go on to, to Skid Row then, I was just more kind of more curious than, than anything to sort of see 
how things had gone. Um, just because I'm not overly familiar with them, I know that they're kind of like one of the sort of seminal kind of glam hair metal bands. Yeah. How you want to describe them, but they, I mean, it wasn't anything overly exciting, in my opinion. Like they were a band. Yeah. Like I said to you at one point, like I'm, I'm so not into this. <laughs> yeah. And then at one point, I think I turned to you again and said. Like a shit Guns N' Roses. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, not a whole lot to kind of say about um, Skid Row. I need to. I just realised I've been very unprofessional. I haven't got my notes out, so I need to. Who did we see? Kill Attack, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. So yeah, hung around to see Kill Attack. Um, I can't remember. Did you? Had you said you'd if you'd seen them before or not? I have, but um, with their old singer yeah. and also. Um, again, I'm not that familiar with them, but I do. Yeah. I really enjoyed them yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I think like it was really cool to see them because they uh, were on the second stage, but the Zippo Encore stage, and I think they just couldn't. Well, there's obviously six of them anyway, but like they just completely filled that space. They completely owned it. Um, I'd seen them earlier in the year with the new vocalist for the first time when they were supporting Mastodon, and I was thoroughly impressed. Like he's kind of like made it his own because obviously uh, I can't remember the, the name of the old vocalist but he kind of had the gimmick of like the whole owl in his head and things so there was a lot of kind of scepticism of like what this new guy would kind of bring to it but he just kind of brings like a raw kind of metal presence I yeah um, and yeah they were just really enjoyable and I think like by the end of their set like they were like fully into it as much as like the crowd were as well do you think with the old singer, do you reckon that the whole Owlhead thing sort of distract, took away from their music? Uh, potentially. Like, I think if you're not a fan, then definitely, because like, people will go, oh, that's the, that's the band with the guy with the owl. So, like, in that aspect, they'd kind of go along and, and see. So I think maybe this kind of does give them a bit more kind of credibility in some some aspects. But yeah, I like, they were very much at home on the download stage. like. By the, I can't remember exactly the song, but um, there's like one part where like the two guitarists just like launched their guitar. Yes, off, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fucking incredible. So yeah, really, really enjoyed that. It's just, it's just like good time, harmless rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. They are very much a party band. Yeah. And like, because there'd been a lot of sort of doom and gloom like surrounding like the first day of the festival, like with the weather, with the mud and stuff. Like they, they definitely put me in a good mood for the rest of the day anyway. So yeah, they were really cool. Um, and then so we we saw the end of Nova Twins, but yeah, I can't, I haven't really got enough to. No, that... it was okay. Like I didn't see enough of them. Um, I we've both then had a bit of a break, uh, but I then went and saw Kundra, um, one of the UK's finest, and absolutely proving that point yesterday um they, they've just like since Maya came out they've just grown and grown and grown and like without it sounding as like cliche like yesterday felt kind of like a, like a coming out party for, for them like they just looked at home on the big stage like, like well the Dossu stage isn't massive <laughs> but like at a bigger festival yeah 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 like because obviously they've done like 2000 Trees they've done Art Tangent um so yeah like they felt very much at home at Download. Both Brady and Dan's vocals just sounded horrible in the night, in the best way. Um, 
and yeah, it was just really good, like, because I've seen them in small venues, I've seen them at festivals, it was just really nice to kind of see them, like, have that tent completely round out and everything. I was going to say how, how, how busy was the crowd yeah, for it. Like, I could, I was quite far back, so I couldn't really see, like, the vibe at the front, but, like, it was round in there, and, like, everyone that I've seen, like, on Twitter and stuff afterwards have just said like that was fucking awesome and things like that um, by the end of the set there bassist Connor was like just in the crowd um, so yeah very much felt like a, a coming out party for them guys well now I feel really jealous because I miss them because <laughs> I was doing press um, but they, they have just announced the UK tour they have yeah so that will be coming up in October um, but yeah I think give it Give it a couple of years and they'll be higher up on that stage, if not maybe opening the second stage in my opinion. Yeah, I could I could see that. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think second album cycle will be kind of make or break for, for them, so yeah. Yeah, I mean they've got, like you said, since the release of Maya, they've got so much momentum and it's steaming now it's gone even further with you know on nuclear blast in the states and they're yeah. going back over to america again and yeah, yeah, a headline yeah. uk tour so yeah so big ups for for Kundra. um then who did you see anyone in that um so i went to press interviewed interrupters and then wondered about and then went to watch the interrupters yeah. um for those that don't know they're like a sort of ska punk revivalist type band very um I was going to say, yeah. all, I've, all I've heard anyone say is it's, it's like Rancid Mark II. Oh yeah, yeah, because like also uh, Tim Armstrong's like their producer yeah. and they're on the same la <laughs> label, so, yeah. but yeah. Um, they were, yeah, they had a good crowd in the uh, Avalanche stage. Yeah. Um, they did like a bit of a medley of like old two-tone stuff as well, I think, in between. Um, sort of like harmless, harmless punk yeah. with like... Positive, positive, positive punk. I'll, yeah, I'll go yeah, with, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they were good fun. And then I watched Rubik Fish. Um, for those who obviously people take a bit, take the piss out of ska punk because <laughs> yeah. it's like a bit, oh, it's a bit, I don't know, cheesy or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that that tent was packed out and people dancing, skanking about. It's yeah, really fun. Because that's the, like that avalanche stage yesterday just did, it didn't interest me at all like the, out of any of the bands that i would have seen the interrupters kind of was the one that i was a little bit interested in um but i'm glad to hear that like there were people for that stage sort of thing because i think i mean there's enough people here that it's never going to be quiet kind of no but i'm glad there was kind of people turning out specifically for those bands which was, which was cool um yeah then saw a little bit of NXT okay which uh, what do I say about oh NXT? should we put a spoiler warning just in case oh yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry yeah so they were taping well I'm not going to go specifically into results okay they were they were taping for an NXT UK uh, show Shall which we? will be airing before yeah. their takeover in Cardiff on June 21st, I think it is. Or what well, in Cardiff? The Cardiff's the same day as like August 31st. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. yeah. It's like it's like that crazy day when you've got that uh, Royal Crown and you've got the AEW show. Ah, uh, okay. I thought it was a lot sooner than that, yeah. but that just shows how un unkept I am with wrestling at the moment. Um, but like, I, I really like the idea of them having NXT here. Like, obviously, this, again, this is my first year, so 
I, as I said to you when we were kind of planning all this coming here, that I kind of wanted to get the full download experience, and part and parcel of that is is NXT. Um, I wasn't expecting. Well, I kind of was, but not to the extent like the shitheads that would kind of be along there. Like they closed with whether well, the the main event, so to say, was uh, a women's battle royale, and there was just chart like there was chance for. Um, Jazzy Gabber saying that she's got bollocks because she's quite a masculine looking uh, performer. There was shouts of get your tits out. It's just like, we're in 2019. Like, it just, it's a shame that that kind of thing, especially at a metal festival, like where you hope that has very much gone out the window, but it's, it's still very much here, which was that, was, that was a big shame. Yeah, it's just, it takes the enjoyment for those who want to watch wrestling and like you know having to be surrounded by dickheads yeah yeah exactly so that kind of did put a little bit of a damper on it but i stepped out for for a little bit of nxt to go see white snake which uh just for pure nostalgia value was was brilliant there out of all of them their vocalist was like putting in the least amount of effort which i guess like he doesn't really have to um but like the two guitarists were just absolutely shredding. Like I think there was a point where they had like a good five minutes like guitar solos just between the two of them like dueling off, which was like it was a bit excessive. But like that's what you're gonna get at White Snake. Um, but the thing that really fucking impressed me, um, I can't remember his name now. Tommy Aldridge, the drummer. Okay. Uh, so he had his moment to shine. Uh, just having his drum solo just going absolutely manic um, stopped for a brief period to throw his sticks into the crowd well whether they reached the crowd or not I don't know that stage is massive um, but then continued on his drum solo with his hands and for a man that is pushing I think 60 if not older that was fucking impressive because he just went and went and went stopped for all of about 10 seconds grabbed some new sticks and then went into the next song so fair play for white snake for still absolutely killing it um and obviously like here we go again or here we go sorry when they played that like the crowd was just there for it so for nostalgia value and just to watch that, old guy shred it was really fun. that is a classic dad rock song isn't it yeah, yeah, oh yeah definitely like even like people like myself who were like mid 20s early 30s were just absolutely loving it so yeah white snake were, were cool um and then we, we met and watched uh we, i watched well end of uh eagles of death metal with you yes yeah um i mean i was just there to get a good spot for rob zombie more than anything um and i i think i mentioned to you like the best part of their set was when their bassist did a cover of Motorhead. Like, like I just, I just personally, I just don't get the whole Eagle Death Metal thing. Like, no, it's, not, it's just not for me. It was like I know they put like a like a rock show and, but and like he like their singer I can't remember his name. Is it Jesse or something? something um, he's quite charismatic. Oh but, yeah, like that's the thing. He can he can command a crowd. Yeah. But yeah, it's just it's just for me. Yeah, it's. It is what it is, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, as I said, wanted to get a decent spot for Rob Zombie. He's been somebody that, like, 
again, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan, but like back even back going back to my youth, like White Zombie days and things like that, like he's always been a performer that I really kind of wanted to, to see. Um, missed him when him and Marilyn Manson were doing the the tour that I can't remember what they called it now, but the tour that they did together. Um, so really wanted to sort of see what he was all about. Um, I was thoroughly impressed. Like I again for like an older gentleman, like I wasn't expecting him to have as much energy as he mm. had. Um, came out in the classic sort of zombie. Uh, Match it, man. That's yeah, why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zombie cowboy um, has God knows how many LED screens just playing weird stuff. I, I I did enjoy before he came on. There was always kind of like a greatest greatest hits montage. Okay. Um, just like of all his videos and stuff before he actually came on stage. But yeah, I th I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, what was your kind of? Yeah, I got into it. Like like I'm not very familiar with Rob Zombie or White Zombie besides the two songs that I know and I mentioned <laughs> yeah. to you um, but yeah like um, put on a good show uh, like I think you posted on Twitter about the guitarist yeah yeah I was gonna say John Five just insane like for that kind of like industrial horror vibe like it's quite difficult to for a guitarist to maybe stand out because like it's obviously just covered in distortion mm. and effects and things, but th there were just moments where he just completely shined. And like, I was trying, I was trying to keep count, but I lost how many guitar changes he had in the Yeah, yeah. I, I think I got up to about seven and then, really? <laughs> and then lost count. Um, he he had a really cool one where it was like it was like transparent with like a green like yeah, liquid and inside. Then that's when he had his nice little light up grill in his. Oh yeah, yeah, well. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th I think it was interesting to see, like, because in comparative, so going back a little bit, when I went over to uh, Eagles Death Metal, I was walking through after getting some food, and Slash was on the main stage, and there was like thousands of people like for Slash, and then in comparison for Eagles of Death Metal, there wasn't as many people. Like, there was still like a decent crowd, but like you could easily kind of walk through. But then we found leaving Rob Zombie, there was loads of people yeah. for Rob Zombie, and like obviously still a massive crowd for Def Leppard, but I think it was more kind of evenly split, um, and I think that just shows the pull of, of Rob Zombie and the show that he puts on. Like it's not like crazy, I wouldn't say. Like I think I was expecting a bit more theatrics, right? Yeah, but it was still like a spectacle to to watch. Yeah, it's not like Rammstein or yeah, yeah. that level, but like say the. the yeah, the, like, or the uh, the uh, the screens and whatnot, and costume change and yeah, whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, like it's, but yeah, it's, uh, entertaining set. Yeah, very entertaining, and I think like an interesting person to close out the second stage. Has it? Has he headlined main stage before? Um, I know he's not. I know he's played quite high up on main stage. This be, he had headlined the second stage two years ago. Yeah. When Biffy were on the same t same time on the main, okay, and uh, I'm pretty sure then he had a bigger crowd than Biffy. Okay. Uh, so, but I, I mean, I don't know if he'd be able to do main stage. I don't know, like. That's, yeah, I think because there's obviously all the talk about kind of the future of download, like <laughs> who are the bands that are gonna take over the the mantle of the classics? Because 
This be that. I think it's the fourth time. Yeah. And it'll be my third time seeing the headline. <laughs> yeah. I, like, that, that's only in the past six years, seven yeah, years. But obviously, like, you've had like, the likes of like Metallica, Maiden, Ramstein, like all yeah. the seminal metal bands. Aerosmith, Def Leppard. Yeah, yeah. So there's always that question of like, what's the future of the festival going to hold? Um, I, okay, Rob Zombie isn't exactly a fresh new band, <laughs> but maybe he's someone to fill that gap. Um, and maybe kind of have a maybe like curate a day sort of thing kind of the way that yesterday on the main stage was kind of curated like yeah kind of like a horror metal day or something I don't know but that could be quite interesting to see yeah like there's so many names you could throw into the hat for future headlines I'm sure there'll be a discussion for another time yeah, yeah. so I won't go into it um, but yeah I think like if you, if you created like a list of bands that are of the vibe of Rob Zombie might work. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then final band that we both saw of the day was uh, at the gates, um, crammed into the the Dogtooth stage again. That was, I think, overpacked. If anything. Yeah. Even though, even though this year they've changed the layout, I think it might even be a bigger tent this year as well. Yeah. Um, but for me, like at the gates, they're kind of like a seminal band because they're one of those bands that's influenced a lot of bands that I listen to. Uh, like good friends Svalbard, uh, but that kind of like metallic sort of hardcore sound like at the gates were very much the four forerunners of that kind of sound. Um, I thought they were really good, like sound wise was really cool. I'm like I couldn't necessarily pick out songs so to say. Um, but yeah they they held that crowd, they held that stage and it was a, a nice heavy way to kind of end the day I think. Yeah I like I think for me, I sort of had a bit of fatigue by that point. Yeah, so I yeah. used something like nice and heavy just to sort of give me that, give me that extra, extra wind, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of day one. Um, was there any anyone that you, you was was your particular highlight of the day? Hmm. Um, I'm gonna go with Cabell Attack. Yeah. And probably the Interrupters. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I think Cabell Attack were kind of the band for me. Uh, Kundra very close second, um, but I, I just think as a whole, Con uh, sorry, Cabell Attack just they they knew what they wanted to play. They wanted to play their kind of quote unquote hits, and that was the way it was kind of going to go. And it, it just kind of won everyone over. So yeah, Cabell Attack band of the day. Um, any kind of surprises for you? Not really, no. <laughs> no, like, I think I said to you yesterday, fr out of the three days here, Friday for me is the weakest day. Yeah, I think I think today is kind of a bigger day. Obviously, we've got Slipknot headlining. Um, I was looking at, like, timings, like, this morning, and I think from, like, looking at the poster, from kind of Trivium, you've got Trivium, Diane Ward, and Slipknot, the, the final three on that main stage. So it's kind of like you're pretty much going to stay there for those... Yeah, three, you might, I'm not, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, anyone that you're particularly looking forward to today? Um, for those who know me personally or follow my work and already heard, I often praise the Wonder Years. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Years, uh, who else we got on today? I might go and watch um, Hot Milk, or becoming like a UK pop rock yeah. type band. Um, who else we got on today? 
skin job you can put on, on yeah. these days, you know, they're, they're reggae metal or whatever. But yeah, I might even watch Behemoth as well because I'm intrigued by them. Um, I might go watch Nothing Nowhere. Again, I'm intrigued by the whole emo rap type thing. I, I watched Grandson, which oh, uh, a couple yeah. weeks ago at Dung, and that impressed me. So I'm intrigued. Yeah, intrigued. I think for me, again, similar to yourself, like with one year, anyone that knows me, power through a, a, a standout for today. Um, Slipknot, an obvious one. But I'm very intrigued to see Diane Ward as well. Like, I, I don't know why, I just have a soft spot for them. So <laughs> I'm. I'm very intrigued. I've the... I've watched them like um, at Leeds before, and I'm just thinking, what is this? Is this odd? It's just something that draws. draws and it's even it. weird that like they're sub headlining to Slipknot. Yeah, that that is very strange. But who knows? People might go absolutely crazy for them. We'll, we'll wait and see, and I'm sure we'll discuss it tomorrow. Yeah. Perfect, Sean. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Good tomorrow. day three but we're going to be talking about day two of download uh my legs are knackered from <laughs> crawling through all the mud like i woke up this morning and i was just yeah it's aching muscles i didn't know had muscles yeah. sort of thing um yeah. but yeah a more full-on day yesterday i think just in comparison more to, active more active um we saw separate opening bands so okay well i guess my kind of opening band was kind of waiting around for you sean because you went and saw Pine Gift, so I went and saw Alien Weaponry while you went and saw them. Okay. You start with Pine Gift. Um, I tell you, I'd law, I saw the last 10, 15 minutes, if that, of them, because... I'm recording! Georgia! Georgia from Discovered has just interrupted. Thanks, Georgia. This guy, carry on. I'll catch you in a bit. Right. Sorry, Pine well, Gift. Wait. Yeah, Pine Gift. So, yeah, like I saw like 10, 15 minutes of uh of Pine gift they were like i quite enjoyed their ep that very uh very holding absence yeah type yeah. band uh uh but yeah but yeah i enjoyed them um but again i didn't get enough time to see them properly to get a full opinion yeah, i guess yeah, yeah. how was like a, a replica i heard the bit of buzz so i hadn't really heard much about them and like i thought i'll go check them out just out of curiosity um, they were cool, like they had like really good energy and like for what my understanding is is quite a youngish band, they had like a lot of confidence to be opening the main stage and there was a lot of people for them as for an opening band. My big gripe though, uh, so for people that aren't familiar, they're a New Zealand three-piece band. Okay. Um, and they started with, uh, the drummer came out and did the hucker like over the microphone, which I thought that was quite a cool touch. But then as the set progressed, like they were actually doing songs in Maori. Okay. Um, and I'm not sure if I'm okay with that because they're three white guys. So like, I could be completely wrong. They may have like a Maori background. Yeah, yeah, the heritage. But if they're not, then yeah that's not a cool thing just to be using that to, to promote their music so I kind of left feeling the set a little bit unsure like if I go back and do a bit of reading into it that, that they have got that heritage and stuff then fine all, all props to them but if they're just using it to promote their music I'm not sure if I'm, I'm comfortable yeah, in yeah, situation. yeah. 
but as far as openers go, they were they were a good they were a good opener. There was a lot of people there for them, um, and yeah, as you said, there seems to be a lot of buzz around them, and that was shown in the in the crowd really. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think after that, we, I went and saw. Well, we saw a little bit of NXT. Yeah, I can't even remember what match we saw. Uh, Andrews and someone. Oh, oh Andrews yeah. and Joe Clemens, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and a bit of was it Noam Dar? Yeah, Dar and, and Lugero. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we saw a little bit of that, um, and then I went off and had a riftastic time at Power Trip. Okay. Before uh, before pa- yeah, pa- yeah, I watched uh, Elvana briefly on oh, the on yeah, the yeah, yeah. on the uh, Zippo stage. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a novelty act because it's, for those who don't know, it's um, it's a Nirvana cover band fronted by an Elvis. Presley impersonator yeah, yeah. doing a mix of Nirvana and the occasional Elvis song, but it's it's fun, you know. They the band, you know, quite convincing as a as a Nirvana cover yeah, band, yeah. but yeah, it's good fun. For I, but I didn't see a full set. I was making my way to watch uh, Hot Milk right. on the Avalanche stage. Um, Hot Milk are a very new uh, Manchester pop rock four piece. Kind of got a lot of buzz around them at the moment. Yeah, like. They played their first shows at the start of the year. Oh shit! I didn't realise. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Like their first show was, I think, I could be wrong, but I think their first show was like supporting New Music Six in Europe. Oh wow! Yeah, That's yeah, cool. yeah. Okay, that is pretty impressive. But yeah, they um very uh, it's like uh, male female dual vocals throughout. Yeah. Uh, very slick pop rock, bit of alt pop stuff in there. Um, but yeah, they're fun, catchy. Um, interesting how they progress in the coming year or so because. Like they're playing every festival I think this year, yeah, and yeah. they're playing a few fighters in like Glasgow or somewhere. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. Um, in terms of Alvaro, how was like was there a lot of oh, people there? Oh, big crowd. Really? Big okay. crowd. Yeah. I was. Yeah. Quite, quite I, was I, cause I, like, so I was making my way to the, uh, the the Avalanche. Yeah, I walked like across the top of the hill. Yeah. So you, like where and, all the food. Yeah, was. and like it, it, people just all the way up that hill. It's like big crowd for Alvaro. I think. Um, I get like I know they they tour the UK quite often, and I think it's sort of a thing where I say they they got they're fun, just a fun band I guess yeah, yeah, like yeah. a bit of nostalgia a bit of novelty but just good good fun time. That's cool. Yeah, I, was, I was intrigued. Like I obviously I would say I went and saw Power Trip, but I was interested to see like if there would be a crowd for them sort of thing, which apparently there is. Yeah, there you yeah. Go. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned, Power Trip. Like I'm a huge fan of that band anyway, um, but I was surprised to see them on the main stage. Like, yeah. But they completely held their own. Like, maybe yeah. not like yeah. the biggest crowd, but like Riley, their vocalist, made like full use of the stage. Their guitarists were just absolutely shredding. Um, the crowd, like by the time sort of they were about sort of not even a third into their set, I guess, like were fully behind them. Um, there was even at one point I, I can't remember what song it was. It might have been Hornet's Nest. Um, there was people sat in the mud rowing. I saw which, a video of this. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't know why or how that even started, but it did. Because it's downloaded. And that's no, why. No, what, no, but there was like no prompting or. Anything. Oh, okay, yeah. It's just like it doesn't happen naturally, kind of thing. Um, I had the pleasure to speak to, to Riley, which you will be able to read on alreadyhead.com. Um, but they were kind of really thankful for the opportunity and stuff like that and yeah they just went over really well yeah, and yeah. it wouldn't surprise me to see them back here in a couple of years time 
maybe higher up, maybe sort of, maybe not on the main stage, but maybe higher up on like a second stage. Or something I like that. I watched a bit of this uh, and um, it might be no surprise to you that I don't really know much about <laughs> about Power Trip, but um, I like good fresh bands yeah, like, yeah. and I thought, yeah, they look good on the main stage, but I would like to see them um, maybe like headline like the dog too so like an intimate yeah, four stage I yeah. think it would work better but like I said they did put it off on the main stage yeah definitely yeah. Um, who did you see next? Um, I watched a bit of Queen Z yeah okay cool um, so we both saw a bit of them yeah um, you, you go first um, I see I, I, last time I saw Queen Z was a couple of years ago supporting Marmosets yeah and like I've never really followed them up since really um, but like, I forgot how how very Sort of like punk they are, I guess. Yeah, yeah well, like, yeah. like, is it queer punk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, see, I was very, like, up until the the their debut album kind of came out, I wasn't really that familiar with them. Um, friends of the podcast, Bitch and Brew, put me onto Queen Z, um, and that I really, really enjoyed that record. So when I heard they were playing this, I was sort of like, oh, okay, that's quite a an odd mix because the the record is quite upbeat despite the is, it, is it more pop not leaning or sort of like there's pop elements to it like they've got like hooky choruses and mm, things yeah, like yeah. that um, but there's still that grit of punk to it but obviously like a lot of the subject matter that they're talking about is kind of LGBTQ and things like that and obviously like that's quite a hard subject to come across in a light and fluffy way but Queen Z do it really well um, but on a download stage where they're maybe not particularly the, the target audience sort yeah. of thing, they did really well to kind of capture what their sound was about in that environment so they kind of lent on their rockier side yeah, and, yeah. and things like that which I think helped them enormously because they did they had quite a decent sort of turnout on that mm. stage which which I was really happy to see again because I thought the way they're kind of leaning there may not necessarily be a huge crowd for them but I was glad to see that there was sort of thing so yeah that was cool um, I then went and saw a bit of Behemoth okay I missed Behemoth because I had to where was I I think I coming into press that's why yeah. uh... fuck that band are just unreal they're just so tight like I, like, I don't really know a whole lot of their like backstory and things like that but obviously I know that they're very much like pioneers of like the black metal scene like they've kind of obviously caused a lot of controversy in speaking out against like shitheads in that scene sort of thing mm. um, and it, it was just nice to sort of see like because in my head like download of, of like looking at videos when I was younger and things it was all about those big theatrical bands and yeah. things like that and Behemoth were prime example of that on that main stage pyro corpse pain like theatrical mic stands the the whole shebang yeah um and it was quite funny uh, i got a call from what, when i was doing one of the press just to check that oh i was going to be there on time sort of thing i couldn't hear anything because i just all i could hear was blast beat so i just said i'm really sorry i'm watching <laughs> and i had to hang up so but yeah they were really 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 cool um would like to see them in a more kind of intimate setting just to see how that kind of works um, but they've definitely I was a fan anyway but they've definitely made more of a fan of me than, yeah than I think I think like I like, see the whole um, stage setup 
sort of in a way benefits that they're definitely on the main stage. Yeah, yeah. Like I think if they played like in one of those tents, you'd get a bit lost. I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, who was who was next up for you? Um, so I was impressed for a bit. I was going to go watch Skindred, but whilst I was impressed, it absolutely hammered lashed it, it down. Hammered it down. So I was like, mm, I'll just watch it on the screen <laughs> in the press area. Yeah, fair play. Uh, so unfortunately, I missed Skindred. Um, I went out for a bit of Trivium, and they're a band I've just never got into. Yeah, I was I saw a little bit of Trivium before I had to came come into press, and I was stood with um, uh, Serena from Salbard, and we were discussing that. They're just kind of like, well, she she described them as bullet from my Valentine's older brother, um, which I think's nail on the head, to be honest. Like it's yeah, it's sort of routine modern metal, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the one thing we did both comment on, like Matt Heafy's voice just sounded a little bit weak, in my opinion. Like I don't know, there was just something kind of not as strong as as like you hear on those records, and that I've previously seen him I don't know whether he's been, been struggling recently or anything but it just it kind of felt like he was more reliant on the other two backing him up than than usual but yeah that was just kind of my vibe from it really okay to be honest. Yeah. Um, oh I did I completely forgot to mention when it was lashing down uh, me because I spent most of the day with with Serena we dashed into the dog tooth days just for, for shelter not knowing what was on and we were greeted by Mongolian throat metal. Oh, was it the who? The who. I had no idea what they were. We walked into to that tent and loads of people would start chanting who, who, who. We thought they were saying boo. Um, <laughs> but they were quite cool. It was kind of like if Mongolians did Ramstein. Okay. But I'd be interested to kind of check them out on record. But for download, I think they were a perfect. Kind of yeah, I think I know they've got an album coming out. I want to say in like September. Yeah. Sometime in the coming months, so yeah. Yeah. So. Um. So after Trivium, who who were you on? Um. Uh, what did I? Do? I watched a bit of NXT. Yeah. Um. It was the end of the taping. About a taping, and a Dark Main event, which of uh, Killian Dane. Uh, oh, I did. I did see Killian Dane as I walked out of press. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, he's well, he's Damon. Something now, isn't he? No, I think he's called Killy. He's, he's called Killian Dane. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. Maybe if, I don't know. I can't keep up with all these name changes <laughs> in wrestling. Um, but yeah, I watched NXT. Then I went over to the Wonder Years and had oh, the yeah. best time. Yeah, got right. Go on, wax lyrical. <laughs> it's the Years. like again, being a bit like they're one of my favourite bands. Um, yeah, they're just so fun. I mean, I admit it wasn't like the best set because I thought. Early on, like uh, Dan Campbell's vocals weren't muddled in like the mix, right, okay. but song-wise, like set-wise, I can't complain. It just I think they played 40 minute maybe, and just complete and also fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, I didn't see the one years. I went to see saw Diane Ward, <laughs> and I'm not even sorry. They were so much fun. Oh uh, uh, no! <laughs> they, they were just, like. I think they were what was needed, like, because obviously, like, you'd had the reign of, of Skin Dread, like, the whole arena is a is a complete quagmire now, mm. but they just brought a party, and, like, the cool thing was, is, like, Ninja, their main, kind of, vocalist, rapper, whatever you want to yeah. call it, he, like, he's the brains behind Diane Ward, um, but he even addressed, like, the situation of them being here, he was like, 
I have no fucking idea why we're here, but we're here and we're gonna fucking have a good time. I, 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 I was walking through this, like, the main stage arena bit, walking over to the Avalon stage, and the had a big crowd. Yeah, and like, yeah, really big crowd. But I, I don't know if it's more out of curiosity or people thinking, I'll just get a good spot for Slipknot, I don't know. Well, so I was stood like just to the right of the sound desk where I've been kind of spending most of my time when watching main stage bands. Um, and there was a lot of people like around me who were singing along to like, especially like their hits. Kind okay. Of thing. Um, so I think there was kind of maybe like a third split, like a third people were there to actually see them, a third curiosity, and then people that have kind of been there all day getting their spot for Slipknot mm. sort of thing. But like when they played like songs like Ugly Boy and then Close with Samurai like people were fully into it so like fair play to them and fair play to download for, for yeah I mean I was thinking about this yesterday like we've seen how like Reading and Leeds in the past three or so years has become more and more varied and less heavy on the rock side yeah and I mean I don't know if Diane would I mean we had like Chasing Stasis here before and I think Lethal Bizzle's played here. I think, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. maybe Dizzy Rascal maybe played here for. But yeah, like, I think Download does, may, might be trying to sort of become a bit more diverse. I don't yeah. know, but but it does seem like um, Day Antwoods went over well. Yeah, yeah, they definitely did. Um, did you see anyone before saying that? Um, I watched Simple Creatures. Yeah. Uh, it's the latest, the new project from Mark Hoppus of Blink Mate 2. Yeah. And Alex Gascar from All Time Low. Yeah. Um, I wasn't that keen on the EP. I, to be honest, I know nothing apart from it's them too. Yeah, yeah. The EP, like, it's very more um, alt pop, sort of bit, sort of cure esque, but less, more poppy. Yeah. Um, but live, like, very fun, very catchy songs, um, very hooky. Um, and actually, like, the banter they had between songs was actually quite funny. Okay. And rather than when, like, the past few times I've seen Blink, it's been quite forced. Um, and Mark Hoppers did mention they're going to bring the M of the State tour to the oh, UK okay. next year, so I'm very excited about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, Simple Creatures, I think they did a cover of Depeche Mode's Personal Jesus. Oh, nice, okay. Which is quite good. That's cool. Yeah, it was unexpected. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, Mark Hoppers is singing Personal <laughs> Jesus. Things I don't expect to see yeah, a download, yeah, yeah. but yeah, good little set. Um, personally, I would have had the Wonders headline that stayed Simple Creatures, yeah. not because like, I'm a fan of Wonders more, but I think they've got the back half. Yeah, they've got yeah, yeah like they've that, like yeah. Simple Creatures have got one EP out, they've got another one coming out in the summer, but it's just the names, isn't it? Though? Yeah, um, like they. I think they're the only band that overlapped a bit with Slipknot, so yeah. we'll talk about Slipknot. Well, just before we go there, I saw Carcass. Okay. All I'm going to say is their drummer is an absolute animal. Like, literally, blast beats galore, smashing on the china, just unrelenting. Like, And it was really cool to see like that Carcass were just there to have fun, because I think there's a lot, a lot of people, like those kind of early extreme metal bands that maybe come back for like nostalgia value and things like that that are kind of very technical but don't put on a show whereas Carcass fully did their vocalist I can't remember his name now but he fully embraced the fact that like probably a lot of people were in that tent because of the rain sort of thing um, and was like taking the piss like saying like 
if people are unfamiliar with what we're doing, we've got long hair and riffs, it's called a metal band. So, <laughs> so they're very tongue-in-cheek and just kind of seem to enjoy the fact that they were headlining the Doctor Who stage. Yeah. Do you reckon it was like an ideal fit for them? Oh, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think if they were on any of the bigger stages, it would have completely been lost sort of thing. But, um, so yeah, we get on to the, the day's closes, which was uh, Slipknot, open with people equal shit, which just instantly brought the whole fucking arena to its feet, which was fucking rad. Um, like, in terms of set, it was near perfect I would have liked Wait and Bleed but I did not play Wait and Bleed no, no, that's, that's just me being uh, I, w- I would be I would be great yeah because I, I didn't see the full set I yeah. I, I, le- I left about halfway through because oh, uh, I got a lot bored tired and <laughs> what's the beat, beat the crowds yeah, yeah, say yeah, that yeah um, but they were just like they played stuff from uh, pretty much every album which was which was fucking rad yeah. Um, the one thing I thought was a little bit strange, like, previous times I've seen Slipknot, they've had a really elaborate stage setting. Yeah. And, like, they've had, like, obviously, previous years, they've had, like, the rota- uh, upside-down drum kit, they've had the rotating percussion boards, but this year it was all very static, apart from just, sort of, like, lighting changes and things like that, which I thought was very interesting for, for Slipknot. It was, like, almost kind of, like, this is a new dawn sort of reigning in the theatrics yeah and like I think because obviously like now like they haven't got Joey Jordan so obviously Paul sadly passed Chris is now left so a lot of the members are no longer original members of that band anymore so it's kind of like oh we're going to take a new step sort of thing and and maybe we find that when this new record comes out later on in the year that they have kind of changed direction slightly and are, are wanting to bring a new a new slipknot to the fray. Yeah, yeah. But um one thing we got I gotta mention because we've mentioned it through text, uh Corey Davis masks. Oh, like all of the new masks, I think apart from SIDS are a bit meh. Um but Corey's just made him look like he'd put on a few pounds. Yeah, it's not the most flattering mask. No. Yeah. Um I guess it, Mick Thompson, he never changes masks. No, and he still looks well it's a slight variation. Okay. But he still terrifies the shit. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember. I looked on the on the screen at one point. It just his face, just like playing guitar, just looking like mean as fuck. It doesn't, it doesn't move. <laughs> like, like, there was like one bit, like the, uh, the, I think it was towards the end, like the camera was just focused on him and just chugging. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it just dropped him headbanging, and the only difference in his stance is he widened his legs. It's sort of like, oh, okay, like that's that's you, but. Um, were you, did you stick around for duality? Or did you... uh, I le- I remember I was leaving when they started playing The Million. Okay, so duality, uh, clown came out for the for the classic uh, keg yeah. baseball bit. Uh, but his baseball was a flame, which was... Which oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so that was pretty cool. The one thing that, I, like, transported me back to my youth, like, bear in mind, all of Slipknot are now what? Late 30s, early 40s? I think so, might be late 40s. Yeah, okay. But I still, in my head, Sid is still like a 20 something year old that is being a little shit in that band. And he's, he still embodies that. Like, there was bits where he was just running around the stage 
and his, his new mask is creepy as fuck. It's like almost kind of like a nun's face. It's okay. really strange. But he was just like crawling up behind Corey and Corey didn't even know he was there. And it was sort of like, what the fuck are you doing, you fucking weirdo? Um, so like that kind of bit like fully brought me back to like my youth and I was sort of like, oh, this, this is a slipknot I love him. Um, so yeah, they were like, they said it themselves, like download is their home, like for anyone that has any problems with their headlining download, I'll say go fuck yourself, like they they deserve that spot and they were fucking brilliant. Yeah, I think you just had to look at the, the massive, massive crowd they had, yeah. like I, I remember when they first headlined though, night, I remember um, some people were a bit sceptical about them headlining. But like ten years on, this is like the fourth time they've done it, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like it's another successful out of Slipknot. Yeah, I download. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, before we round up, uh, surprise of the day. Surprise of the day. Oh. Uh, power trip. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go power trip. And band of the day. Uh, one the years. One the years. Cool. Uh, surprise of the day for me, just because I purely knew nothing about them, sort of found it quite interesting. Was the Who. Um, I would definitely go check out recording material just to see what they're all about. Um, and band of the day, I think it goes without saying, Slipknot. Like, Power Trip is a close second just because like my hardcore side is always going to love that. Yeah, yeah. But you can't, you can't talk Slipknot. But um, yeah, we're we're now on day three. You may be able to hear a bit of I Prevail in the background. Um, anyone you're particularly looking forward to seeing today? Um. Yeah, I'm looking at the lineup now. Um, Black Peaks are always good. Yeah. Um, I just we, I just watched Kane Hill, which I know you won't have enjoyed. We won't fan I'm Kane not a fan. No. And as soon as he said that, you're a bunch of pushes remark. Lost interest. Uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't hear that comment. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna watch uh, Black Peaks. I'm gonna go and watch. Um, Bear with me a second. Yeah, Black Peaks. Obviously, the Final Slayer yeah. show. Um, I'm skeptical, skeptical about Tool because I'm one of those guys who've never really listened to Tool. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, for me personally, going to check out Under Oath. Like I've been a fan of them for years. Um, and as you say, Slayer, last time you're ever going to see them. Um, yeah. Also, just because, again, they're an awesome party band. Municipal waste. Like, okay. Always so much fun live. I'm, I'm also I'm hoping that like, Smashing Pumpkins like pull out a good set because I've heard they're a bit yeah, hit and miss yeah. live. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, day three review will be me flying solo because after today me and Sean will be bidding farewell to each other. But Sean, thank you as always for, for your time. Thank you. Um, and we'll have you on again soon. Yeah. Cool. See you soon. Lovely. Thank you very much. So, you may be able to hear, uh, I'm currently driving back from uh, Donington on the final day of uh, Download Festival. Uh, don't worry, I've managed to fashion a little holding device out of my uh, very fashionable straight edge bum bag um, as a holder to put my microphone in, so I'm driving completely safely. Um, but yeah, as mentioned at the end of day two, I am flying solo today because obviously uh, Sean is back off to Nottingham and I'm heading home to Portsmouth. But yeah, just thought give a quick sort of reaction of my thoughts of day three of download, um, especially where it's fresh off the memory. Um, 
today in in general there weren't as many bands I was that overly excited to see like I've seen Slayer before uh, I've seen Municipal Waste before who are the other headliner on one of the smaller stages and Shikari's before who were another headliner now of the four headliners Tool were the one that I hadn't seen so I was I was looking forward to seeing Tool um, but yeah out of the three days this was kind of it, it did feel very much like a a cut uh, not a come down day because there's still some really cool bands but like just bands in terms of uh, I don't yeah I don't know I just I just felt like there was wasn't as much excitement today but there might just be but me because I'm feeling a bit sort of tired and things like that so I, w- I was a little more low energy today um, in that aspect but we'll get straight into into the bands that I did see um, kicking things off on the main stage was Kane Hill um, purely just went and saw them because it was uh, interim time waiting around for, for Sean so we could have the chat about day two and they were the opening band on the main stage um, straight off the bat clearly visible was the lack of bodies um, whether that was people sleeping off a hangover or a lot of people had gone home after Slipknot on the Saturday night but in comparison to Alien Weaponry the crowd on the for the opening band on the main stage was very much diminished like if you've ever seen videos or photos of, of download and the way that the main stage is set up uh, there's kind of like two halves uh, either side of the the kind of front barricade I guess is the best way to say it. in front of the sound desk sorry um, but it's kind of split with like a walkway for for the band I don't, I don't know what the premise of it is but a lot of festivals have this set up um, sorry if you, it sounds like I'm taking deep breaths I'm currently sucking a sweet um, but yeah so Cane Hill didn't really have like my point of this was that Cane Hill literally had about that front bit in front of the sound desk full and then there was sort of spatterings of people anywhere else um, I'm not really a fan of the band. They're very kind of like of that mid 2000s metalcore vibe. Um, they were unoffensive. Well, I say unoffensive. Like the music was just generic in, in in my view. But then their vocalist called for two circle pits either side of this divide that's in front of this the, the sound desk. Um, and when he didn't get the reaction that he so wished. He then proceeded to call the crowd a bunch of pussies, which is not on. Like, I brought this gripe up when uh, Shapes played Slam Dunk in the last review that we did. I just, I don't get it. Why is that term still fucking used? Like, and especially bands that are meant to be in a progressive nature and a progressive scene, it's just, yeah, it just wasn't on. So as soon as he said that, I was like, I'm out couldn't couldn't care less um but yeah that was that was Kane Hill had a little bit of a break um and then Under Oath were on the main stage now for those who don't know when my in my formative years Under Oath were a huge band for me um they're only chasing safety and uh Divide the Great Line were two of my favorite albums like the only chasing safety I think was say like 
easily on repeat in my uni halls at least two times a week sort of thing um it was just a, like a constant theme going on actually probably even before my uni days but anyway i digress like i loved that band um when they split up like i was really bummed out when they came back and did the the reunion shows of doing those two albums back to back it was really fucking cool and then they wrote a new record and in my personal opinion they just completely pissed over their the legacy that they did have like the new record i i, I, t- I know i'm talking about the new record a, a bit but it will make sense why in a minute um but it's just, it's just it's not the same band anymore like obviously the members are still the same but just musically it's just not not what under oath were for me um and I, I know bands have got to progress and grow and change and, and whatever which i'm all for and i'm not saying that under oath needed to be the same band they were 10 15 years ago sort of thing but what it did do as i said it, it just diminished their, their legacy and this tour that they're on which uh kind of ended with with download uh was predominantly newer material which i get bands have to do promote albums they need to do an album cycle tour and and things like that i, I totally get that but when you're doing a festival i think you need to kind of cater to your wider audience and there's obviously a lot of people going to be there who wanted to hear the hits wanted to hear the, the the stuff off those two albums and they only played two songs which in my opinion like they're probably two of their the better known songs which is like completely fine but it's just yeah it just made it for a week performance i think a lot of people just kind of complete like there was people stood around me who completely zoned out from from watching them just because they they'd kind of lost interest in in the new material. They were obviously there for not necessarily a nostalgia trip, but just they wanted to hear the stuff they were familiar with, not not new stuff. So yeah, Under Oath a little bit disappointing. Um, after Under Oath, who did I go see then? Oh, there was a bit of a, a gap because I was doing um, some press there, which was my final press of the day. Again, there'll be uh, extensive reviews and interviews up on Already Heard uh, within the new next few weeks. I'm, I'm imagining. Um, but yeah, so I had took a took a little bit of a break, but after that, went and saw Lamb of God. Um, again, I'm not a massive Lamb of God fan, but like I appreciate what they what they've done for metal where they come from and things like that but again whether it's just me feeling kind of low energy like they were really good they were really tight but i just kind of found myself sort of zoning in and out of their set um and i think i only ended up sort of sticking around for for a couple of songs before i went off to the nxt tent and ended up catching, catching a little bit more wrestling so yeah, like Lamaga, God, they were okay. Like, as I say, like harmless, like death, black death metal, whatever you want to call it. But they they were cool. Um, I then saw 
again after a little bit of a break saw um, a bit of Whitechapel now again seems to be a running theme not a massive Whitechapel fan I remember back in the day when they were very much part of that uh, like sort of deathcore kind of sounds back back in the early 2000s they were kind of one of the the forerunners but they like for the few songs that I did check out with them they really really like owned the Dogtooth stage um, like drummer was on point really really fucking tight um, and like the the thing that I think I was quite dismissive with with Whitechapel is they were kind of as I say that generation where it was all about like breeing and guttural roars and, and things like that but obviously they're one's, one of the bands that have kind of stood the time and have obviously doing still pretty well for themselves having quite a high standing on, on the Dogtooth stage I think they were yeah they were set they were the oh, quote unquote main support the band just before Municipal Waste who headlined that stage um, and like rightfully so it, it appears but well, sorry I I'm going off on a tangent but my point was that despite the heaviness and the sort of brutality of their music like there was a lot of kind of rhythm in there which I was really sort of like impressed to see like I don't like from from the brief period when I was listening to to that kind of music I don't remember Whitechapel having that much kind of rhythm to their to their music not not no rhythm because obviously they need to have that but like there was groove and things like that to it so that was in like that impressed me and I was quite surprised by that so if how we'd been doing it with Sean they would have been my surprise of today so they were they were pretty cool uh, then when it saw sorry I'm rattling through this but when you haven't got someone else to talk to and you're just driving home uh, there's not really a whole lot more you can do is there like it's just me in the open road brother um, I don't know why the fuck I said that I'm, but yeah um, but yeah when I saw Smashing Pumpkins um, now I'm a cat like I'm not gonna say I'm not a massive fan because I do like them Smashing Pumpkins but I'm very much a casual Smashing Pumpkins fan like I know the hits uh, and I know sort of like one or two other songs I know obviously the history of the band like where they came from and so on and so forth um, but I'd heard because this this was my first time ever seeing uh, Pumpkins and I'd heard previously that Billy Corgan can sometimes I guess similar to Glassjaw in what we were discussing in the in the Slam Dunk review is that he can sometimes decide that he doesn't really want to bother showing up and, and things like that now I have no reference point so I don't know whether this was a good Smashing Pumpkins set or mediocre or this was Billy Corgan not bothering showing up now from the outset like they had a really really elaborate stage show now throughout kind of the whole weekend there had been some like but nothing really over the top even Slipknot's was kind of like I mentioned to Sean there was no upside down spinning drums there was no spinning percussion 
stands like there usually is for Slipknot but Pumpkins had this weird almost kind of like circus family like in their backdrop and they were huge like literally they they took up the whole of the back back of the stage um, I have no idea what the relevance was but it looked pretty cool like you could see it from all the way back like from when I was walking from the dog tooth stage to the main stage um, so that was instantly eye-catching and uh, later on when I was kind of like walking around because I kind of dipped in a little bit of the the pumpkin set I didn't see the last few songs but I looked back and I saw that they'd kind of changed colour which was really cool um, to kind of go with the vibe whatever I was doing um, but yeah they like they were okay like there wasn't a whole lot sort of of energy for coming from the band and Billy Corgan himself was just kind of sort of stood there playing guitar and singing with uh, like an upside down cross on his forehead and then sort of half kind of corpse paint makeup around his eyes but the songs that I knew like I enjoyed and even though the ones that I wasn't over familiar with sounded good but as I said as a point of reference I can't say if this was pumpkins on form or this was just like what they do they just kind of turn up um and don't bother sort of yeah kind of playing around excuse me folks i'm just gonna have a sip of drink but uh talking of on form uh, i then went and saw municipal waste um done my third time seeing the band and they just they just fucking rip every single time like I always come away from a Municipal Waste set thinking, like, why why do I not, like, just love this band more? Like, and I do, I do love Municipal Waste, but I just forget to give them the time of day that they so rightfully deserve. Um, they just know how to, like, construct a set, have fun, shred to shit. Um, and their vocalist is just, like, a party animal literally like at one point declaring like saying like we have no weed come meet us in the merch tag stand afterwards and hook us up kind of thing um but yeah like they just they just nail their set like i saw them at the start of this year as part of the um oh shit what was it called i want to say perception but that's not right oh my god i can't remember what it's called but they they were doing the big tour with uh, Sick of It All at the beginning of the year and they blew me away then and they've blew me away again now um, like just when they play songs like Sadistic Magician Beer Pressure and things like that like it's just a really 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 fun time um, and they obviously were just sort of having as much fun as the, as the crowd were I think and they were like saying obviously to the crowd like do you like thrash fucking metal and stuff like that and getting responses um so yeah that like municipal waste were probably my favorite band of the day um, um, to be honest um yeah i think yeah i think ba- safe bet municipal waste band of the day so we'll we'll stick with that one um then on to kind of a co-headliner i'd i'd say because it was slayer's last ever UK show um, now I was really I was really looking forward to this but there was a bit of crossover with Tool and I knew that I wanted to see Tool more Tool? 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 
more. Um, so I managed to get a spot where I was like, right, I can watch about 45 minutes of Slayer and then go over to Tool. Um, so there's weird whistling going past my car. Um, yeah, so I got my spot, waited around. I, admittedly, I got my timings a little bit wrong, so I was waiting around for a little bit longer than anticipated. By the time they started, like, it was cool, it was Slayer, like, you know what to expect, it's going to be in your face, thrash metal, like, unrelenting, pinching solos, like, blasting drums, howling vocals, it's going to be Slayer sort of thing. But it was a little bit boring, which I hate to say, like, and I kind of came away thinking, like, Am I, I'm surely not the, the only one thinking this and when I was walking back to my car uh, I bumped into some friends and then a friend of theirs kind of mentioned the Slayer set and he had the same opinion so I'm kind of glad that I'm not the only one that thought that and I think them, whether it was kind of just a rush to beat the traffic or people were going over to see Tool but there did seem to be a lot of people kind of leave that stage around the same time that I did um, so I don't know whether there's going to be a bit of a sour taste in people's mouths from that that Slayer set like I wouldn't say it's a sour taste in, in my mouth at all um, but um, fuck. yeah I wouldn't say it was like a, a, a sour taste in my mouth but considering that, like this is going to be the last time we see Slayer in the UK and like luckily I've had the chance to see them a few times before so it's not like this was my one and done kind of situation but for for diehards they might have loved it because there was some deep cuts and things like that but for casuals they might have a a different view I'm not 100% sure but hey ho Slayer we thank you for your service um, but maybe not the best set from you guys I'm afraid but it was still it was I mean a bad Slayer set is still going to be better than a lot of other people's like bad sets so you can't have your cake and eat it all the time um, but yeah then we had our headliner closing out the festival which was Tool um, now, the tour hadn't been over to the UK in 12, I think nearly 12 years. Um, so there was a lot of kind of buzz around this, but kind of harping back to what I said about Cane Hill, um, there was, so all weekends, like I've been, again, kind of, if you've seen pictures of how downloads set up, when I've been watching bands on the main stage, I've predominantly been to the right of the sound desk kind of like in line with the sound desk to the right in some capacity um, and then if you turned around like as far as the eye could see you could see people like and there wasn't really sort of gaps and things like this for tall because I wanted to make a fairly swift exit and get on the road to head home uh, I kind of stood a little bit further back still to the right of the sound desk but behind the sound desk this time and uh, a little bit further back so you, I could kind of watch the big screen but like looking onto the stage this time like I'd seen 
like throughout the weekend like when I'd walked past the main stage to get to the second stage and seen people at that stage again there were still bodies as far as you could see but tall there was maybe like half of that field which for a band that hasn't been over to the UK in, in so long like that was quite disappointing I'm not sure whether it, it was festival fatigue or maybe people just weren't interested I don't know but yeah so that was the first thing that kind of struck me the second when they started playing uh, so again throughout the weekend you've had the big screens that have kind of been displaying the bands for those who are further away that can't see Tall to the night I, I know from speaking to people previously that Tall aren't exactly throwing themselves around on stage um, but Tall took the decision to use the the big screens to display their visuals that go along with their music which is completely fine and it completely goes with what they're doing but if I was someone that took the decision like I was further back but it didn't really bother me but if I was someone that had taken the decision to sit further back because I wanted to make a quick exit or I just had I just preferred a further back view so I could take everything in in the hopes that I could see the band on the screen then I'd be a little bit peeved if if I'm honest but again each to their own it, it all do what they want to do um, and I think in all honesty it did kind of work with what they were going for and like how they perform so personally I can't be too too bad at them sort of thing um, but yeah I did I did make a, a a French exit a little bit in terms of I watched maybe about an hour to 50 minutes of, of their set um, just because I, I, I did want to miss the mass exodus and get on this wonderful motorway system that I'm on now um, so but what I did see was really cool like guitars on point vocals on point visuals on point and made the whole kind of experience really cool um, I'm glad that I can now tick tool off as a band that I've seen like I said to to uh, Serena from Svalbard when I was hanging out with her on the Saturday like out of the band like the big bands that I kind of grew up listening to like they were kind of like the one left that I still hadn't seen so it's good to kind of get a tick in that column um, but <laughs> The funny thing is, like the teenager in me fully jumped out of his skin at one point. So I was I was walking uh, back towards sort of like the exit area uh, to to leave, and they the the riff of schism began, and I instantly just turned around and walked back towards the main stage, um, watched schism, and that's that's when I kind of made my exit. But yeah, they were really cool. Like I think if you're not a massive fan of Tool, like I'd recommend going to see them just to kind of experience them but I think maybe that's kind of enough like I wouldn't be in a huge rush to go out and see them again unless it was maybe in like an arena and you could kind of get the whole vibe from the visuals in a bit of a more intimate setting but yeah that that was that was that and that was download 2019 um I think the best band of the weekend I think is safe to say is Slipknot like I, anyone that has any 
gripes with that set and them headlining is a fucking idiot in my opinion um, looking forward to seeing what their new material looks like and hopefully it, it kind of sounds like they're indicating they're going to be back over here maybe the end of the year maybe start of next year but we'll be most definitely looking forward to seeing that when it comes around <coughs> sorry excuse me um, I'm not going to do a proper normal outro but uh, we will be back to normal form in terms of the podcast next week with uh, interviews um, I'm not sure which one I'm going to go for so I'm not going to give you any any hints or anything you'll just have to chew it, choose in, choose in tune in next week but thanks again once again to listening to this special Justin Insight podcast uh, festival review and yeah I'll see you soon.